Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr, joined with Comma Splice. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at the hyphen real hyphen Comma Splice on Tumblr. We also have Guile. Hi, I'm Guile. I tweet at Door Podcast. And Cody. Hey, I'm Cody, and you can find me on Twitter at the Crimson Lord. Welcome all. So, yes, we are a Jamie and Brianne podcast for new listeners, but we are delving into um, characters, I guess a character study uh, uh, in a nugget, like a nutshell, 30-minute character study, I guess, quick quick and uh, easy, I hope. Um, We're looking at Gendry for this episode, which is kind of apt because, you know, it's no secret we're doing double recordings for these. And we just finished our Robert Baratheon. So I think um, going into Gendry kind of makes a lot of sense for, for us. Um, so how about, uh, well, this is kind of an easy one, I think. But uh, what's your favorite Gendry moment? <laughs> it better be this answer. <laughs> I don't know. Come on. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, like, I don't think mine is probably what you're thinking, but my favorite is just his reasoning why he joins the Brotherhood. Like, I like that he specifically joins them because they gave the Hound a trial. Like, he responds to, like, that justice of it. But, yeah. That is the incorrect answer. Anyone else? Uh, I like that he doesn't sell his helm. Oh, my gosh. Next. <laughs> I'm afraid to answer. Right. <laughs> Fear the wrath of Lot. Um, you know, I actually, I just, I don't, I don't have a favorite moment. I just really like him. I've always thought he's a fundamentally decent character in a universe that, I mean, I think we can count those people on like, you know, maybe one, two hands. Oh, wait, are you going to say that your favorite moment is when he, he saves Brian's life? Oh my god, yes. Come on. Come on. (laughs) What about when he gives Arya shit when she's, you know, dressed as a girl? (laughs) No, you're wrong. (laughs) It's when he saves Brienne's life. There is no other correct answer for this. I'm sorry. I will go back. Yes, it's when he saves Brienne's life. Are you happy now? Yeah. Are we uh, sure we're Jamie and Brienne podcast? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's nothing to do with that. I mean, <laughs> that's okay. I'll let you have other second favorite moments, <laughs> <laughs> so we can all stay friends. Okay. Um. So, what do you most love about Gendry besides when he saved Brienne's life? You're brutal. You know that. <laughs> I like that part where he saved Brienne's life. Right. Yeah. That was. That's his uh, biggest selling point right there as uh, <laughs> as a character. I'm sorry, I'll I'll, I'll reel it in a little bit. <laughs> I want to encourage discussion. I'm so sorry. That's. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, it, it's you know he saves Brienne's life because he has this innate somehow. You know, we don't really know much about his up 
his upbringing, but somehow he does have this innate sense of of right or wrong, and he's someone that, you know, he's typically choosing as much as he's able to, and given his social position, it's it's limited, but he chooses to support, like, the downtrodden, like, the fact that he's at the end in the first place, like, helping the orphans. Like, here's this boy who's, like, what, 15 or 16, you know, and he's basically the man of the house of a house of orphan kids, you know, like he's a hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, fundamental somehow like this fundamentally decent guy. Yeah. And like I said, a, a universe where that's just not a thing, you know, and I don't know where he comes. Well, I mean, we don't know anything about his mother, Um, but he's, <laughs> Well, yeah, but, I mean, we don't know anything about her as, like, a person. Right. I mean... Well, but, you know, exactly. And and he is just... There aren't a lot of people <laughs> who, who have those kinds of qualities, and... I mean... It's not like he knows that he's also, you know, he's the son of Robert either, right? That's Right. No, he has no clue. So it's not some kind of idealism that he has in his head, you know? it's He's legitimately a good person yeah yeah Yeah. he's a good person and he's kind of willing to put his life on he's he's willing to like stand by his beliefs even when you know it reasonably could get him killed like he's not afraid you know he's not afraid of anything he has the courage of his convictions yes much better way to put it (laughs) yeah i i mean and it, it's, it you know, when you read these books, like, especially if you come, like, I came from a long-standing history of reading a lot of fantasy novels, I just automatically assumed at some point it would be revealed that he was the son of Robert Baratheon. But, you know, it's game of, now I know that that's probably a very naive assumption, but, you I know. I mean, it, it might not ever be revealed. Like, right, I don't know that Gendry's story needs him to be revealed. Right, no, 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 I understand. even. I get that and I understand it, but like from a purely fantasy perspective, like in most most of oh, these yeah. novels, yeah, it's you know, it, it's a standard trope. He's going to be at some point all will be revealed. He'll, you know, we'll find out he's, you know, the rightful heir to the throne, and you know, but that's not how this works. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of agree. I don't know that we need a reveal like that to kind oh, of I don't think get we a do full Gendry story. But don't you feel like there's a, a something? Like there's a lot more to come with Gendry. I think maybe even a clue being him being brought back into the series. Yeah, we really, didn't and I have to. Yeah, and I think you know if you. You know, Gendry, much like Jamie, has specifically been driven out of King's Landing and, you know, more or less out of harm's way for a couple books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's not there for the Blackwater, which, you know, reasonably a fit, you know, fit young man, like he would have been, he would have been there. He's not there when, you know, whatever's going to go down with Egan and with Daenerys and with Cersei, like anything that happens there, he's safe from it. So it is like he's being saved for something. Why do you think Varys got him out of the city? Like, what what purpose, besides just him not dying, you know? Like, why did Varys get him out of King's Landing? Why in in a character sense? Because he's, I think, exactly for the reason I just said. Because if you're trying, I mean, Varys knows his parentage, I presume. Right. And the reason bastards are dangerous is because, you know, it doesn't take much for someone to come along and go, oh, 
you know, this is the rightful heir or, you know, you just marry your your daughter to the guy and you, you know, give him an army. And the next thing you know, you've got a war. I mean, I think. Well, and he's a bastard who looks. Yeah. Well, he looks like Robert and I'm pretty sure Varys is aware, you know, of what the score is. So I just assumed it was going to be something like that. It was going to have to do. With his yeah, parentage. He's, yeah, he's the kid who's obviously Robert's kid, and when you put him up against the, you know, the Baratheon, the well, quote-unquote Baratheons, he's not, you know. And if, if you want to create instability, this would be how you do it, and if that is, in fact, Varys' expressed motive, then we have no reason to disbelieve him. I mean, this is a perfect setup. Right, but as of now, it's kind of mute, like mood, right? Because I mean, Joffrey's dead. And yeah, I don't know where the show is going with this, but well, I'm ho- I mean, as far as the show is concerned, I assume hopefully they'll give him like a happy ending where he becomes a Baratheon or something. I don't know, like a full Baratheon, and in name at least. He I marries know. Arya or something, or yeah, you know, something show. Or it or maybe like that's probably what they're gonna do. <laughs> right. Or or maybe he's the one to. You know, get her to sort of, I don't know, it seems like something that those idiots would do, like... Get her groove back? (laughs) Well, he's, no, well, no, well, yeah, actually, he's the guy who can snap her out of that, what the hell are you doing with the serial killer persona? Mm -hmm. And, you know, sex will bring her right back to being a good little girl. I I mean, I I could see them Seems reasonable. There's a whole bunch. I just finished watching an old movie um, where basically that was the premise. That all that was needed to get Joan Crawford to be a decent human being was for her to submit to her man. And I don't think uh, Benioff and Weiss are that much. um, (laughs) Yeah, I really don't. (laughs) Oh, evidence would point to. Yeah, you'd be correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's see. What do you hate most about Gendry? Is there something to hate about Gendry? That he's not, I hate that he blindly obeys Stoneheart. Like, what is he uh, doing? <laughs> you know, like, what? Honestly, like, exa- you know, examine your choices there, Gendry. Yeah, I, I, I kind of concur with you on that. I, I remember being very upset with him reading those passages. And, like, who are you? Like, what the yeah. fuck has happened? Because that's the thing, right? We don't know what's happened, really, to get him to right. that state. That's right. kind of the, the, dark, yeah. the dark part of it. I mean, besides her being a zombie hanging everybody. <laughs> yeah, like her own personal tragedy. <laughs> yeah, you'd think he would have, like, realized that, hey, maybe this is not such the, the best idea I've ever had. But, yeah. Gendry. <laughs> so what uh, is Gendry's biggest mistake? I think we just said it. That <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot He hasn't he's probably someone who hasn't really been in a situation where he's been able to make decisions for his own life before. And so you know, the two decisions that we or you know, we kind of see him make like maybe three or three or four decisions. So we see him you know, he kind of keeps Arya's identity, he keeps Arya's identity a secret. He, you know, breaks out of Heron, or he leaves Hall with her. You know, these seem like pretty solid decisions. You know, joining the Brotherhood, I think, the, for the reasons that he joined it, I 
support that decision. If you're a kid in the Riverlands there, like, you chose the, you know, I feel like you made a good choice there. And then, you know, again, like, that choice saves him from the Red Wedding, essentially, whether he maybe realize whether he, you know, he ever knows it or not. But then the choice to... The choice to do the bidding of the current brotherhood seems a bit sketchy and maybe one that, you know, he we will soon find out he, you know, realizes is wrong and he's a part of, you know, however Jamie and Brienne get out of it. I hope. I mean, I can't, he's, he, I mean, he's a child. I can't, like, fault him for, I mean, not a child. He's a teenager. But, you know, I, I get the flawed thinking there. I mean, I get that he maybe... It's not, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, what do you think his smartest move is? Leaving King's Landing. <laughs> Leaving Harrenhal. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, he actually, I mean, isn't this, and I'm, I really hope I'm not conflating books and show the way I so often do, but, I mean, doesn't he have to, he makes the call to sort of cooperate at Harrenhal too and Arya I think faults him on it but I think that was like a smart move I mean yeah you know yeah, I mean it's how you survive it shows that he's useful so if you're useful you know you're less likely to just torture and kill you right yeah. and I mean you know if he would have revealed that she was Arya that also you know who knows if that I mean, I, I'm sure there's some temptation to save his own skin with that knowledge and he, he doesn't do it which I think you know, it's pretty admirable of him. Do you yeah. think um, Genji regrets anything? I mean, it's hard because we don't get inside his head, but... Well, I mean, I think, you know, he probably regrets letting Arya out of his sight long enough for the Hound to kidnap her. Like, I think losing, you know, losing her, you know, losing her as a friend and kind of losing her as... You know, knowing that there was the Stark girl, which, you know, think of all the shit that happens with all the Starks, you know, that probably haunts him. Like, what happened to her? You know, did she die at the Red Wedding? Is, you know, have they heard about this Arya Stark married to, you know, a bastard in the North? Like, are they hearing about this? Like, does he think that's really her? You know, does he think she's dead? Like, I'm just sure that that haunt must haunt him. And then obviously, like, you know, giving Brienne over to Stoneheart. I'm going to go with, he regrets saving, no. (laughs) (laughs) Lot would reach through the computer and kill me if I said that. No, I almost did, but. (laughs) You should have. I would have left. (laughs) So which is the heddle, like, when Heil meets him and is, like, thinking, like, oh, that girl's probably going to hook up with uh, Smith. Like, was that Jane or Willow? I honestly don't remember. Uh, I want to say she's older and Willow's really I think like a girl like a child and Jane's kind of like a bossy pants yeah which she seems to like so I mean maybe if he's like you know screwed around with Jane he might regret that (laughs) (laughs) pining for Arya you mean (laughs) I I mean he's like a teenage boy and you know like I'm sure something probably would happen right Mm mm-hmm they're well, basically put in this mother-father position, so it wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility that they would be banging. And he likes, um, oh, when they're at the brothel, 
Yeah, when he almost screws his sister. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, like, he's clearly already in that um, kind of, I mean, he's already thinking about, like, he's in pu- past puberty, how do I put that, or in it, or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, I think he'd be more inclined to, like, the older sister. But So, do we think he's a virgin? At what point? We know show is until he meets Melisandre, right? Well, does that count? Like, do leeches count? <laughs> no, he sleeps with... Then he's, he sleeps with Melisandre. Then does he? Yeah. Because he talks I, about with Davos after after in the cells. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he just got saw her naked and then she was like, surprise, leeches. <laughs> he he's what? like, is this normal? What? This normal? It's supposed to be this way. About this. <laughs> he's like rehashing it later with Davos. <laughs> oh man, the leeches. <laughs> it just takes it to another level. He's like, wait, that. what? <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> okay. I think he would regret that. <laughs> so anyway, since we're kind of on the show portrayal, how do you feel about how Gendry was portrayed in the, the Game of Thrones series? I mean, I think, you know, his his part one of his portrayal, I think, seemed you know pretty spot on. I mean, he was so obviously so much older than Macy Williams that it was a little uncomfortable. Because um, I really don't, unlike, uh, what's his name, um, who played Lancel, I, I really, who clearly looked like, you know, a teenage boy, Eugene Simon. I, I really don't think Joe Dempsey pulled that off. I mean, I thought it was he was younger before his bad haircut. Like oh God! Three. And then, well, when he came back, I was like, you know, after all the rowing, and he came back, I was like, no, just no. <laughs> Would be great if like he they had made him come back with like prosthetic like shoulders and a biceps, <laughs> <laughs> really jacked. <laughs> just like told him, you know, hey, in three years you're coming back, and we need you to like work a rowing machine Buy, like <laughs> Buy a rowing machine. <laughs> We need you to become an Olympic rower in the meantime. That <laughs> <laughs> was kind of the best part of his like departure for his benching. It's like all the rowing jokes that came oh, yeah. out of it. Yeah, I mean it is kind of a shame, you know. Lot you're so you know you're so passionate about his best moment, and then you know that is one of the casualties of basically them not adopt not adapting all of the good parts of a feast for crows. Is we lose that. Well, it was so point. And it was so stupid. I mean, he comes back and it's supposed to be this big moment. And then it's like, oh, yeah, bros together. I was just. I mean, I did kind of like it when he introduced himself to John as, you know, Robert Baratheon's bastard. So Uh I like that he just was so matter of fact about it. They get all kind of dirty about it. Yeah, that's. I don't like it. It, it just didn't work for me and the show. I mean, I again, I like the first couple seasons. I was even sort of going along with the whole Melisandre and the leeches thing, although that got really weird really fast. But after his uh, return, I was just like, yeah, this is not, this is not good. It's a waste of a character. 
Yeah, it's interesting because it makes you kind of wonder, did they know in season three that they were just going to not adapt the Riverland story at that point? Because I legit think they forgot about him. If you did that, you would have wanted to kind of keep him in the Riverlands. It's sort of like I think they forgot about Shireen. Mm -hmm. I I really think they... Everything, a lot of their decisions felt like, oh, shit, we should probably bring these people back and do something with them. It's just, it's not... Well, I think the only reason they brought or they introduced Shireen in the show at all is so they could have their big burning moment. Yeah. But that I mean, was what they said in the interview, is they knew they had to do that scene, so... Yeah, it's just, I really don't think they, um... I think with Gendry, it was sort of like, he seemed like an afterthought. I'm assuming he's significant, and I... It almost feels like they finally pulled out the outline and homework, you know? Like, kind of like when you realize you got the test, and you gotta, like, you know... Produce something, or you're you're cramming, and you go, oh yeah, I should do something with that. It really felt like, and then they didn't quite know what to do with him, and of course they hadn't done all the spade work necessary, so everything with him after his um, adventures in um, peck building, um, it just it really just felt like it was just such an afterthought. So, do you guys think that you know Gendry's importance to the end of the story is it? You know, as a smith, because someone needs to be able to forge, you know, dragon glass and, and valerian steel. So he kind of has that thing as a smith, or is it, you know, he's the brat, the ambassador, and he also has, you know, like more targ blood than, you know, anyone but the targs, as far as we know. Well, maybe they also read a Game of Thrones and came to the same conclusion I did with, oh, we could use, you know, the bastard son of the king to make it all come to. I don't know. I mean,. I assume they'll restore him in name as his father's son. Because, like, I don't, they haven't really brought up the fact that he's a smith in a while in the show. Yeah, and he's apparently just a fast runner. Right, and I don't, I don't really think they're going to spend any amount of time showing him forging special weapons for the Winterfell soldiers to fight the others. You're, yeah, so you're right. So they're going to skip ahead to where he's, they're going to confirm him in name as a Baratheon. Yeah. It's just all, all I can picture now is whenever anyone talks about forging weapons, I just see Peter Dinklage in Infinity Wars in that scene, and I just die. Oh, I was so good that scene. <laughs> well, just the one little line about, you know, you're, you know, the power of the sun would all kill you, only if I die. That's, That's what killing you. Is. <laughs> it's just, uh, I use that to like. I use that to persuade people that d- normally don't watch superhero mo- movies to watch that because it's so <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh. All right, so I think that's gonna bring us to the end of Gendry. But as always, any parting thoughts or shots for Gendry before we wrap it up? I mean, how do you guys feel about? Gendry and Ari, are, do you ship it when they're a little older? I don't care. That's just me, though. I know a lot of people like it, and I have nothing against that. I'm just not invested personally. I like it just in terms of you know anything that helps humanize her more, like in a positive way. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Comma, you have thoughts? Um, no, not really. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry. Um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> okay then. Um, do we have any mail? We do. We have a Tumblr message. 
So we have a Tumblr message from an Anon who says, um, I'm listening to the Jamie Lannister appreciation episode and got to the part where everyone's discussing favorite uh, fan mixes and Jamie songs. So I have to write in to wreck my favorite song for him. It's Obvious Bicycle by Vampire Weekend. It sounds so much like it was written for a modern Jamie, but the line, it's been 20 years and no one's told the truth, kills me. Keep up the good work. I'm excited for these character episodes, but also gleeful to hear y'all rip into the final season soon. Cheers! <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, the Jamie Lannister appreciation episode. I think that was like, was that after season six or after oh, season seven? Like, so, it long so long ago. Uh, what songs did we even... It was like, a, I, I do remember it being a very targeted episode. <laughs> there, there was a purpose. Targeted. Meaning, like, we were targeting people. Yeah, it was a purpose to that episode, because I think we were so disillusioned. So it had to have been after season seven, maybe. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, season six might have ended with a little bit of hope for him because of the um, Cersei's crowning scene. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, you know, I... I whenever I hear um, anything from Sign for the Sign No More album by Mumford and Sons, I feel like he wrote that, whether knowing it or not, he wrote it about a feast for crows. Jamie, like everything in there is Jamie, other than the one song, which is clearly Tyrion. <laughs> but it's like, wow, did he? Is he a fan? Did he know that he was writing? Or they? I guess did they know they were writing songs for the Lannister the brothers? Lannister. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but boy, boy, they really did. Okay. And then I see a lot of songs for Cersei, too. But, um, yeah, Jamie, whew, there's a lot for Jamie, or a lot that reminds me of Jamie. I have to re-listen to that one. I can hardly remember that episode. I feel like Bon Jovi was set as by, was that Chicky oh, said Bon Jovi? I don't know. Yes, I think so. <laughs> it seems like a Chicky Cersei thing to say. all day. <laughs> Can you imagine Cersei working in the diner because Tywin disowned them or something? <laughs> she would be the worst waitress. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. In a you know a modern filmed Game of Thrones like dramedy. <laughs> oh, we're writing mod AU right now. Okay, let's quit. This. I know, sorry. That's, that's <laughs> Okay, so uh, we do love getting your messages, so please uh, email us at closethedoorand at gmail.com, especially if you feel there's something we've missed for these character episodes. Um, You can also message us at closethedoorandcomehere.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Door Podcast. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook, Podbean, and consider becoming a Patreon. We love our Patreon subscribers. Um, you get these episodes early if you are one. Um, I just want to thank you guys for podcasting and um, closing the door. Get out.